When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and very, very sad. Jets fan behind the producer Mike Chris Schubert figured we would Start just spreading the news. <laughs> we won the game today. I figured we would just rip the band-aid off right off the top of the show because poor Chris, right? We we have there have been moments where the Jets have flirted with this happening, right? But then this game, they were, what, 17-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game, right, yep. on the road? It was something outrageous against this Rams team, right? And and we have poked and we have prodded and we have really, really tried to mess with Chris that this could happen. But really, Jamie has a way of putting things out into the universe, okay? And Chris is shaking his head because this is exactly the person that he's going to blame because – Jamie says stuff and he speaks it into existence every once in a while. And he hits rather often. And Adam Gase, he found a way. He found a way to outjet himself. And now they are not going to get Trevor Lawrence more than likely. If you head to the draftnetwork.com and you start a mock draft, you will find that Jacksonville now has the number one overall pick. And Chris, that is my headline to kick things off. It's the, I don't know. We have to just start here. And I, and I see you got your head down. You're very, you're very sad. And there are many people in New York who are feeling the exact same way. So we're going to allow you right at the top of the podcast to just grieve out loud with the TDN fantasy listeners. So hopefully everyone's got a drink. They can gather around the the campfire here, get get in nice and close because this is going to take a while. And I think all right, I'm going to start here. I am not in any way, shape, or form angry, upset, mad at the players of the New York Jets, at the coaches of the New York Jets, at the front office of the New York Jets. Because as a former head coach of the New York Jets once said, Hello, you play to win the game. Okay, so that's what we're doing here. We're playing to win the game. That is what Coach Herm Edwards instilled into this franchise. That's what their job is. That is what they are supposed to do. They are supposed to go out there and compete and try to win every single football game that they can because their livelihoods are on the line. I also want to say that at the end of the day, this is a game. This is a sport. I know it is our livelihoods, but 2020 has proven to me that there are much bigger things than a stupid football game. All right, game. Chris, get or get the pleasantries out of the way. It's rant time. We don't have two hours here. We get we got your qualifiers. Speak from the heart, Chris. Let it fly, brother. Don't get this political statement. Political season's over. It's it's really, truly how I feel. Is that like... Kissing babies. Ultimately, there are bigger things than football. And what bothers me the most about this is that driving home this organization, Woody Johnson, Christopher Johnson, anybody whose name is Johnson, Johnson & Johnson, Lyndon B. B. Johnson, Andrew Johnson, any Johnson not named Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I am angry at because they have put Jets fans in a position where the only thing that Jets fans can hold on to that they can't give the team 
because of their shoddy ownership and the way that they run this team. The only thing that Jets fans can hold on to is this idea of hope is this idea of a, of a future down the line that is going to be grand. And that hope is in the form of a lottery ticket that is the number one overall draft pick that you hope is Trevor Lawrence and that you hope is this, this generational talent that is going to lead this team into the promised land. The fact that Jets fans are upset that their team won a football game today is not the fault of Adam Gase. It is not the fault of the players. It is not the fault of the front office. It is squarely on Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson for that the only thing Jets fans can, it's, that's all they want. Give us hope. Give us something to believe in. And the only way that this organization can do it is this idea of a better future, is this this promise of Roger Goodell announcing with the first overall pick, the New York Jets select Trevor Lawrence. That's why I'm upset that this franchise has run me so hard into the ground that I'm upset that my team won a football game today. Do you understand the lengths that you have to go as a front that as an organization to drive a fan base to that point to where my hope is in a lottery ticket that might not work out I'm not going to compare him to this guy, but guess what? The Raiders took a quarterback a long time ago with the number one overall pick, and his name was Jamarcus Russell. It didn't work out. Sometimes these things don't work out, yet that's all we have. That's all we're given as Jets fans is this idea of a better future. And today, when, we, when fans, we don't want our team to lose, but we needed our team to lose so we could hold on to that, it was taken from us because of the way this team is run from up top. So no, is it the end of the world? No, they're still going to have a top five pick. They're more than likely going to pick second. They can still get a quarterback of the future if they want. But the one thing that Jets fans had that was taken from them today, and it's not Adam Gase's fault. It's not the player's fault. This is something that has been years in the making. And today was the culmination of that. You're saying they stole your sunshine. They stole my sunshine. Thank you. Literally. Chris, as much as it, as much as I wanted to like make fun of you, it was such a, such a well-rounded, right? Because it, it's accurate, right? That you are, that as a fan base, you should never be upset that your team is winning football games. Like that's just backwards in how every aspect of sports exists. If you've ever played anything, I don't care if it's football or a card game or whatever the hell you're playing, if you're playing to lose, something's wrong, right? And so that's where this this whole argument has always just been tough for me, right? And I understand, I understand the excitement around Trevor Lawrence, but as, as Chris has said on other podcasts, and I agree with him, Trevor could be the best prospect that we've ever seen. And when you have a poorly run organization, they can ruin a top prospect. Okay. That is, that is common. It happens a lot. It's happened in Cleveland for many, many years, right? It's happened in, well, around the, the NFL. It's less about the prospect and it's more about the organization from top to bottom. So as much as I wanted to dunk on Chris today, right? Because it's, it's fun. We like to poke fun at Chris. Okay. This is, it's, it's fun for us, but mostly I want Jets fans to understand that like your problem is not your players. Your problem should not be with even your head coach. Your anger should be headed towards the top of this organization, just like Chris said. So Chris, you did an excellent job. Thank you. you really got it out there. You put it out there and, and guess what? You guys got a lot of options. Can you got I a, lot of options. a couple things on this page? I got a couple. Okay, go ahead. This could go ahead. be end up being the best case scenario for the Jets. Okay. okay? I'm intrigued. Trevor Lawrence looks phenomenal. Is he the greatest prospect in the history of the NFL? No, but he looks phenomenal. He's going to be the first overall pick. You need a lot more than that, okay? If you're not sold on Sam Darnold, and Hype Train is not, you got many picks to move him because there's going to be about eight teams that want him, okay? If you want to move out of two and move back to five or six or ten, you probably got five or six picks there, and you're already pretty loaded on picks. You can revamp this entire franchise, dump some of the bad cap money that you spent in free agency pre-new GM a few years back, right? And you could, it's the NFL, you could flip-flop this roster quickly and go with a stopgap quarterback and be a lot better than you are now with these young guys develop or take one now 
and have a stopgap guy. And when he could take over in a year or two, this isn't the end of the world. Cause you don't get one guy. You take that one guy. You need so much more that one guy can't be himself. He's not going to be Trevor Lawrence from Clemson playing for the jets and your lottery ticket that you hold and your hope for the future should be what you see in Western New York. You hope that the Johnsons sell the team and that people like the Pagulas take over and they hire a GM like that, that hires a head coach like that. And the continuity of building something comes from ownership like in Baltimore or what you see in Western New York in your division. That's the lottery ticket and the hope you should hold. Trevor Lawrence was only going to play there for 10, 15 years if he's the greatest thing we've ever seen. What are you going to do after that? The Johnson's still on the damn team. There's that's another, your hope. And to me, this, that's why this could end up being a good thing. There's also another point to be made here where there actually there's two. There's one that goes back to Paige's point. And we've talked about this on the show. And sometimes it's a little uh, uncomfortable to talk about as people with leadership roles at the draft network to criticize this mentality because it is very much a market we capitalize on. But look, like I, I remember the going back to that, that 2008 Lions team. And we were in a different world as a sports culture we were not as prospect obsessed, at least not in season. We weren't as prospect obsessed as a fan base in general, as a collective outside of the league. I don't, and there was some talk, but there was nowhere near talk about tanking. There wasn't this conversation about the Lions were doing a great thing by being arguably the worst team in NFL history. And by a lot of the advanced metrics, were the worst team in NFL history. Jamie, it was an embarrassment. I don't want to cut you off, but like I remember that the same thing you were saying, like people were rooting for the Lions to win a game. Yes, they were. And they were trying their asses off to win a game. Didn't they play like at the time they were like either 0 and 11 or 0 and 12 like Browns that year? Like, didn't they? Weren't there like yes. a double zero matchup there? It actually turned out to be a really fun game that season. But it, it, people were feeling bad. There was no, oh man, we can't wait to get Matthew Stafford. It was, we can't be this embarrassing team that wins no that wins no games. And now this year, everyone's like, oh yeah, the Jets 0-16, who cares? That's whatever. Go get Trevor Lawrence. Like that's not an absolute stain on the franchise. Like the way that 0-16 Lions team was talked about was a stain on the organization. And we have kind of changed that mentality, which is odd. And two, to Jake's point, Trevor Lawrence isn't the only quarterback in the world. He isn't the only quarterback coming out. I remember like this time two years ago, nobody know who nobody knew who Joe Burrow was. Okay. I remember this time two years ago, we were talking about will the Giants lose enough games to take a chance on a toolsy but underperforming Oregon quarterback? And he went back to school and was the number six pick in this draft. It might be the best quarterback of the bunch of this draft class. You have you have guys next year that are coming out that you're gonna get the same hype for Sam Howell and Keaton Slovis. And you there's gonna be all this hype around them as well. So it's important to keep that context in mind that Trevor Lawrence isn't the only core. He's great from everything that we know and projecting for that. We can reasonably say with the information we have, we think he's going to be great, but we said that with a lot of guys and he's not going to be the only one. Like no. it, it's, it's, and, it's so interesting that we think if it's just one, even if you don't like fields, you don't like Zach Wilson, you don't like Trey Lance. This is not the last quarterback class. There are going to be three guys that go in the top five next year too. I got and, two and, questions based off of that, Jamie, this how good has Matt Stafford been for the Lions for the last, what, 12 years? Great. He's the Border, best, best quarterback they've ever had. Yep. How'd that work out for the Lions? It's great. Yeah. Okay, so you got Trevor Lawrence, who everybody in the rest of the league is going to be like, free Trevor Lawrence from the Jets because he's been there for 12 years. He's been the best thing they've had. They don't do shit. That's yeah, what you're I, looking I, at. My, my point is this could end up being a good thing because you have the pieces to move to get a lot back. And I like your general manager. You finally got one that seems to have a little bit of cohesiveness who's going to get to hire his coach and you can build some stuff going forward. Right now, if you you draft Trevor Lawrence right now, I don't care. Matt Stafford's phenomenal. He's underrated as all get out. And all anybody says is, man, I wish he could finish his career somewhere else. Yeah. Because the Ford family does not know what the hell they're doing. Nope. That's, no. that, that goes back to that from the you top ultimately, down. Ultimately, you would love to have Lawrence. But that's not an option now. And as, as good as I think Lawrence is going to be, I don't think he's Peyton Manning. I don't think he's John Elway. I think though, I know those comparisons get made because we talk about these top quarterback process. I don't think he's in that, that, that caliber, by the way, you don't have to be, there's most of the entire NFL history of players are not in that caliber. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You can be a great, you can be a hall of famer without being those guys, but look, you, you wish in a perfect world, you would have Lawrence. 
You win some games and still get to pick Lawrence, but that's not the case right now. That doesn't mean your franchise is doomed. doesn't mean it's over. doesn't mean the season was a waste. doesn't mean you're going nowhere. It just means you're going to have to try a little bit harder, get a little bit more creative, and do some legwork to make up for the fact that you're going to it be picking one It wasn't that spot long ago. I was arguing if I had the number one picking on the Jets that I'm damn sure entertaining from everybody what and, it would take to move that. And that's the point that I wanted to make because I can recall this time, well, a little past this time, right? I'm sitting at the Combine with the entire draft network crew, and then we'll move on from this. But this is to, to illustrate the point because people that are watching football now will now understand. Justin Herbert interviewed exceptionally well at the NFL Combine, okay? And I had talked to a bunch of head coaches and scouts and everybody and was going, okay, guys, I think we need to entertain a conversation about about what this is going, what the difference between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert is going to look like. And they all laughed at me. Dad, there's no chance, no way, no how, there's no amount of picks. I said, okay, if you are Cincinnati, you flop with whomever, right? And we played out a different scenario. You wouldn't rather have Justin Herbert and an extra first round pick and an extra first round pick next year. You're telling me that Joe Burrow is that much better and they all laughed. There's no chance. There's, I wouldn't give up there. I would never get out of the first. I would never get out of one. How's that conversation looking right now? In, injury aside, is, the, is that the difference? You wouldn't rather have Justin Herbert at first rounder, an extra, a third and another first rounder next year versus Joe Burrow. You're lying. If you say yes, I don't that's, think that's the, any that's quarterback the that good. When you, you suck this Thank bad, you. one yes. player doesn't matter. Yes. Give me the King's ransom. By the way, they're getting more than two firsts and a third. Oh, yeah. They're going to get whatever I mean, they look want. What the Rams gave up with RG3 and all that stuff. I mean, hell, Jalen Ramsey just com- he just got they just got two firsts for that. Seattle just yeah. gave up two firsts for a freaking safety. Two firsts for Tunsil. Like, yeah, like, hello. We're talking That's about the greatest prospect in however long. You're talking about probably three or four firsts over the next three or four years, which you could then trade to move back up for as many firsts in whatever draft you want multiple other ones and possibly a player. I mean, while I was, I was playing for the Falcons when we traded Tim Dwight and a pick to get Michael Vick to move up to one from like five or six, whatever we were. And it was a big deal that we sent like a player with the, swapping the picks and, and like in a future first rounder the next year, you're talking about 10 times that you have to entertain that Trevor yes. Lawrence. If he is Peyton Manning is probably not that much better when you're talking about four first round picks better than any of these other guys in this draft. Chris. I'd like to add two more things and then we can get into doing the actual show that we're, we're brought here. Now wait for these shows this spring, by the way. Point number one, ultimately what this boils down to, and, and the reason why Jets fans are so angry that they're not going to be able to pick Tre- Trevor Lawrence, number one, they don't trust this organization to now have to make a difficult decision. Trevor Lawrence is the easy decision. Everybody's in agreement. You take Trevor Lawrence, number one. Nobody's going to question them if they get it wrong. Now they got to make a decision at number two. There's not a single fan on this planet that goes, you know what? I trust the Johnsons to make the right decision here. The Johnsons aren't making it. The Johnsons finally made a decision, hired a decent GM, and they're going to let him make the damn pick. And you guys should have seen it last year when he had a damn good draft. Have some faith in him. It doesn't always have to be the Johnsons. You can't point the finger at ownership if they stay the hell out of the way. It's a big if. That's a big if. And point number two, when the season started, I, I don't want to go down this road. I didn't even want to go down this road when they were 0-6, 0-7, 0-8, 0-1. I didn't Jamie, want to go down this road. when we pick the Jets? Like 7-9? and 6-10? and 8-8 eight and eight possibly? I have, to go, I have to go find them. I my, mean, my we, we were in that range. Nobody was going 0-16. No. But I once, don't have a playoff team, but they were not 0 for the season. No. But once you cross this lexicon of double-digit losses – Fans start to buy into this idea of, okay, if you're going to make me suffer through this, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And now, and now today, fans feel like that light at the end of the tunnel was stolen from them. That's what they feel like. Because ultimately, I'll use a baseball analogy. If you're playing another team and your hometown team, you're not a rival, but you're just playing another team, and you get no hit, that hurts. But if you sneak out a hit, it doesn't change anything. You still lost the baseball game, right? You, you still lost. But you didn't have anything to show for it. There's nothing to talk about afterwards. Whereas if you get no hit, it's still relevant. Where if the Jets went 0-16, there would at least be something that comes from this. You have the number one pick. Now it's just going to be, I remember that time the Jets went 1-15 or the, the time they went 2-14. and It's going to be a footnote. And, and if they don't turn it around, 
it'll feel like a wasted opportunity. Again, ultimately, I'm not upset about it, right? They, they have so many other problems other than Sam Darnold, who, by the way, I'm a fan of. I just don't think at this point they're going to be able to make it work. I just worry about that side of it. I would love Sam to be my quarterback. I just feel like we're past the point of that working. I, I, I just it, am. It has, it has time. It has come the time. I changed the, the color. Oh, no. It is, the LED it's lights come- went from green for my boy to red for the Bucks. Let's move on from that dumpster fiber. Friend. By the way, before we jump off that, they put a freaking icon up on the screen today of all the teams that went over. And I've only been a Bucks fan for two years, but I'm a history of the NFL buff. And I know they had an over season, but it still hurt to know that my franchise had a freaking over season at one point. I'd be happy if I was one in 15. You don't want to go freaking over. You're stuck in that freaking bunch forever. The hell with that shit, man. Yeah, you play to win the game. Go Herm. Give it to me one more time. I don't want to play Herm again. He doesn't do whatever. Fine. Yes, he does. That's one of the greatest you sound bites ever. to win the game. And by the way, Damn people skippy. on Twitter who are mad at me. Don't press in. Okay. All right. More Herm for you. Don't press send. Keep your tweets to yourself. Herm one-liners. Just excellent. Just excellent. Um, all right. Let's move on. Jamie, your headline coming out of the weekend since yeah. uh, the first headline was Jets. And Chris, you deserve that. You needed that. That was therapy. That was therapy. Jamie already trolled me with his headline studs and duds and right, wrong, all being Jets related in our pre-show slack. So I'm good for the rest of the show. Good. I'm glad you are. But uh, let's get the train, not the hype train, but the train back onto the fantasy structure here. Uh, And my headline is Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery are RB1s and you better recognize and you better get them as must starts in your lineup going forward. Give me the hype train. Uh, Come on, Chris. So this is your cue. It's your gimmick. There we go. Uh, David Montgomery's been fantastic for a month now. Uh, he looks really, really good. He's got another. He's got the Jaguars next week, so he'll be fine. Uh, Jonathan Taylor also looking very good since coming off of the COVID list. They're they're relying on him. Uh, both these guys. I mean, you start to look at next week. I've already started my preliminary rankings. They're like nine or ten RB ones, I think, next week. Like it. There's there's a gap. There aren't twelve of them. Uh, there might technically have to be because of the way that works, but there aren't actually 12 of them. So those two guys are bona fide studs, get them in your lineup. And I'm very curious to see, because if you've had both of these or one of them, you're probably in a damn good position going into the fantasy finals. Almost like Matt Nagy went, Oh shit. I'm going to lose my job. If I don't give it to David Montgomery a bunch. And that went to the tune of what? 36 carries today. Yep. Bill Azer. Like that would have helped you for the last three flipping years, dude. Like, I, I've been screaming we've been for waiting. the also, Run the damn ball. Also admitting, just knowing who Mitch is and allowing for it to happen. Just like allow, like t- today we watched it and I'm going, just, you know who he is. Stop trying to make stop, him something else. Yeah. Stop forcing your idea and build around your players. It's not that hard. Like that idea of it's not that hard and start uh, no. a little left being a little less stubborn might save the Bears' season and might save Matt Nagy, his job. Yep. Might also save Mitch Trubisky, his job. Yep. And it I might save Ryan Pace's job. Like all, all three of them. Like it might save all three of them. It's going to be very interesting moving forward. All right, Jake, your headline coming out. The Finns send the Pats pack in early for the first time in a long time. I told you it was going to happen with the rookie quarterback. The last rookie quarterback to beat Belichick. I forget what the freaking stat was. It was ridiculous. The freaking Patriots aren't going to the Super Bowl or Super Bowl. They ain't going to the Super Bowl period. They're not going to the playoffs. For the first time since 2008, they went 10 and six with Matt Castle that year, but it's been a hot minute and they suck. They haven't been very good. They hung in there. This Dolphins defense is legit. Tua played good enough. Struggled early, but he played good enough. But this is a big freaking headline, man. Like the, the dynasty's over. Belichick's the greatest of all time, but they got some serious rebuilding to do. We'll talk about this offseason and what, who's doing what. There's going to be a lot of decisions made in Foxborough. So because you brought this up, let's have a guessing game here. Who is the last rookie quarterback to beat the New England Patriots? Ooh. Oh, I saw it. It was uh... – It's a name everybody on the show would know. Like it's not some obscure – photographic like, memory kickback in. 30 this years a, ago or something. Is it a regular season game? Um, yeah, I would assume so. I don't yeah, think it, it counts otherwise. Mm. I wouldn't I have got this. I, I, I cheated and looked it up, but was it I how long it ago was it a de- over a decade ago? Um, no, it was within the last 10 years. Okay. 
Ooh, that makes me think it's who I think it is, but I'm going to save my guess. That makes me think who I think it is. Oh, oh I Chris. A, I had an initial okay. guess. I won't, I won't react. Come on. No, because that was, the, that was, if it happened, it would have been in the playoffs. Good Lord, sorry. Chris, sorry, make sorry, a guess. Sorry, this sorry. is terrible no, no, podcasting. I'm, I'm, I'm retracting my guess because it's wrong. You should know this, Chris. Oh, then it is Mark Sanchez. No. Oh. No. You should know this for other reasons. Collegiate reasons. Gino Smith. Gino Boom. Smith. Yep. I knew my memory would kick back in. Wait a Gino minute. Gino Smith. Gino. <laughs> no Jets. Come on, Gino. What's IK and Capali up to these days? Jets were relevant? Oh, my God. Gino gets the hype train. Gino, Gino does. Smith. Uh, Gino gets something. Uh, I guess we'll give him the hype train. Way to go what to that? it. You outdid Gino Smith. All right, now, You're d- on d- your way. Let, just don't get punched in the face by a teammate. Yes. That would be a good start. That would be a good start. Um, but also, really looking forward to, I don't know if it's going to be TDN's content team or it's going to be this podcast or somebody who's going to go back and look at all the headlines that talked about Bill Belichick being the greatest GM in the history of mankind because he signed Cam Newton this offseason. Really look forward to when we actually have an honest conversation about how that really wasn't that good of a signing. I understand Talking it was it was you, low ESPN, risk. And Fox Sports One, a, NFL Network, thank you. and everybody else jumped risk. on that train in week one. But a million dollars? Nobody else wanted him? And Bill only had to give him a million dollars? And a week yeah, six, Bill says, that's all the money we have. That's all we could afford to pay him. <laughs> Greatest GM of all time. Yeah. Uh, not not so much. All right. Let's move on to studs and duds, uh, which this this lovely part of the show is brought to you by Manscaped. So, go, you know what, Jamie? This is the opportunity for you to come in. And I don't know if we're going to have another Linda C. letter, but, you know, if you didn't hear the last week's letter – she is now interested in Chris and there might actually be a intern, former intern versus producer thing going on here behind Ooh. the scenes. It's really hey, very when interesting. Henry told me how big he was, which I still don't believe. Hype train might be up against it, I, man. I might have to go with the young height and weight where just to be clear. What did I miss guys and wait? Good. Henry's Chris. like he's 225 and then sent a picture of him on the scale. I was like, damn, you look, you look like this skinny Everybody. little guy like you. Okay, on that note, <laughs> I actually got another letter. Uh, I'm not sure it's from, though. Like, it, was, it wasn't signed at first. So it says, Dear TDN Fantasy Podcast, uh, I heard the other letter that was sent in on Friday, and since mine hasn't been read yet, I needed to write again to withdraw my name from the Bachelor consideration. Interesting. A lot could change in a weekend, and now I can no longer potentially fulfill your producer Chris's desires. My services are needed elsewhere. I hope he understands and will take the following gift as a token of my appreciation. It's the gift of Manscaped this holiday season. I will do all I can to make sure he receives the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on toner that will give his balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. Also, the Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that he can also use on his hair. Plus, the Crop Bop Ball Wipes. Oh, and of course, the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Those are all perfect stocking stuffers. But I feel like that's not quite enough. So I'm also sending him the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body, and the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs, Chris. Once again, I'm sorry I won't be a part of your future life, but I'm sure whoever you choose will be a really, really nice consolation prize. Yours truly, Trevor Lawrence. so good uh, oh man you know the thing about this show and i tweeted about it earlier man because we're all such good friends this is such an enjoyable experience to be able to sit here and do this (laughs) (laughs) and you know chris you allow for us to really just have these moments with you which is you know really provides the show a lot of a lot of entertainment value but mostly you know really thankful that trevor wrote in it's really kind of him to be it thinking really about you in this it, in this really trying moment for it you. is and trevor lawrence can save 20 percent off and get free shipping and you can too by using the code tdn at manscape.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscape.com by using the code tdn uh and we are still doing that bachelor thing for you chris it's happening oh especially now oh let me be very clear especially now so this is uh 
you know, Trevor's really so thoughtful around the holidays here that he wrote into the show to make sure that his, you know, number one fan, it, who's not going to get to cheer for him next year. You know, he can go back to school. I don't understand why not, man. He you can go back like, to school. Go get some cool ass Jaguars gear. Jaguars a great town. Jacksonville. Yeah, cool. for yeah. sure. You, you, or, you, you, or... you like the Tony Khan, Chris? You know. Yeah. You know what? Hey, maybe Dub and all that. You know. Maybe maybe I'll just get a new football team. Maybe that's right. perfect. Well, that was, well, that was the been idea. offering all season, dude. I told that you, NFLshop.com is not that hard. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's very simple. Maybe maybe we, we'll we get you get off the train. We can get you a custom jersey. You know, Youth XL. We got you. All right. On that note, let's start off with the duds of the week. Um, Jake, go ahead. You're first. I'm still pissed off about Keenan Allen and his (laughs) 2.6 points, one catch. I'm also going to throw the Rams defense in there who's been balling. And a lot of people were like, oh, man, I'm throwing that out there against the Jets. Now, somehow they got four points. I'm not real sure because they got dominated all day by the Jets, if I didn't hear me say that the first time. So four points for that one. I'm going to throw them in the same category. By the way, Keenan Allen killed me in one league. I think I'm going to pull it out. I got a 22-point lead, and the guy I'm playing in the semifinals has the freaking Steelers defense. I think I'm going to pull it out. I feel yeah. pretty good that I'm going, to, I'm going to outdo Keenan in the whole pregame of don't sit me. I'm going to have one catch and 2.6 points. You're still my dud of the week. It's almost like he trolled us on purpose. Like, I feel like the, he did it on purpose, the, right? The anti-Josh like, Jacobs. Yeah. And, and it's every just, one of the cruel. analysts field Yates. And everybody else that tweeted, oh, he said, don't sit me. Play him for sure. Put him in your lineups. He looks great in pregame. Cruel and unusual punishment, Keenan. Uh, and I have really enjoyed having you, rostering you all year. But that was not very nice. All right, Jamie, your dud performances of the week. Uh, my dud performance is Cam Akers. Uh, so we're going to mm-hmm. stick with the same game. Uh, I'm not as worried long term with him uh, for next <laughs> week. I'm still throwing him right back in. Uh, but 15 for 63, uh, three targets, only like seven point something fantasy points in this game. He had a couple really big runs that got called back to penalty, including a touchdown. So, I mean, again, if there's not holding, maybe he doesn't get open to score. I, I get there's a chicken in the egg part of that. Uh, but I still think you're like, okay enough that you're going to play him next week against Seattle uh, as an RB2. I think you'll still be okay there. But he was a dud. I had him. I was, I spiked him up into RB1 territory this week. He should have had a huge matchup, but the Rams never had a lead to salt away. Uh, and late in this game. So uh, he is a dud of the week for me. I'll tell you what, Jamie, the more I see him, the more I like him though. I think he's a stud next year. Like I, the more he gets used to the NFL game, gets comfortable, gets hundred percent healthy. He's going to be a stud. One of the things that we're going to do next year uh, for fantasy football season is we're going to have video. I've gotten a, I've gotten a lot of requests to commiserate with us or join us on Sunday nights because, um, a lot of people that are up late got they're all juiced up after football and oh, yeah. there it, there were probably about five moments of just tonight's podcast that I wish we had on video but most importantly was the last one where um for those of you that are listening obviously uh Jamie's talking about Cam Akers and this is about oh the fourth time we've brought up the Jets and Chris is taking his microphone and banging it on yeah, his head I, I had right? it muted so- but this is what it sounded like <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing with the microphone to my forehead. Hey, I switched oh. my color to blue for you back there, bud. Yeah, there you go. The it's yeah. Go. Can we it's... talk about for a minute though for a team that had a lot of hype, the egg that was laid by the Rams today. Oof. That was like epically bad for Boy Wonder and his buddy Boy Wonder on the defensive side, which somehow he called like thirteen games and he deserves a head coaching job. It was right. epic, epically bad. Like people are like pissed. I've seen more stuff about like, oh my God, the Jets won. What are they doing? Than I've seen what the hell the Rams just lost to the Jets. Like, can Thank we you. get yeah. on this of like how big I, and bad and stupid and ridiculous this was? I you think lost the division of, because of this probably. I think it's because like the Seahawks and Cardinals have looked so meh that everybody's just like, eh. But yeah, it's that's a huge loss. And by the way, like at least with the Raiders where they were should have won that game. Their issues on defense are because they don't have any healthy players and they suck. That isn't the Los Angeles Rams' problem. That's scary. Like, I, this I don't... This was coaching. Yeah, I don't know what this was. This wasn't a talent issue. This wasn't an injury issue like the, like the Raiders had both of them, which is why I thought they were susceptible to, to losing to the Jets, which they should have. This one, I... I, it's just like, here's the thing. It's, it's who the Rams are, time. man. 
I'm telling you. Every this- time you start to think, maybe this is it with them. Maybe they're putting it and they just, they do something like this. Or Jared Goff throws like 18 picks in a game and you go, man, I was just starting to believe in you guys again. Like there, that's what there, it feels like with this there, team. There couldn't have possibly been a week where somebody on this show said that they were the best team in the NFC. That couldn't have possibly happened at mm. any point. Was the year. really, really looking forward to you playing that sounder. Uh, sorry, we lost that podcast. sound. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah, it's Couldn't amazing. Find it, yeah. yeah, it's all in your prep uh-huh. for the uh, the roast the Jamie show that's coming up in a couple weeks. Mm, yeah, that's definitely going to come up on the show. All right, my dud performance is two here. Two running backs who were outside the top thirty. Uh, who everybody had inside their top 15, and that is Mike Davis and Chris Carson. Neither one of them get to 10 points this week. It is the, for most people, the semifinals of fantasy, right? You see, Car- you see Carlos Hyde rip off a big run, and you're just absolutely losing your mind if you're a Chris Carson, if you roster Chris Carson. And, and Mike Davis obviously continues to get opportunities with Christian McCaffrey out, and it just, it, this was not what you needed. Right. And so these are two big dud performances in a category that you really don't have very many reliable people. And and these two guys being outside the top 30 is a disaster in your fantasy semifinals. So those those performances were I'm I'm sorry if you're rostering them. Mike Davis up against the Packers defense, which has been giving up a ton. And then, you know, I mean, you can't be mad because Carlos Hyde's always going to get his opportunities. He rips one off and Chris Carson didn't. He just, that matchup was a hell of a lot tougher than Mike Davis's. That's, that's the one that you're, I, I had tempered expectations for Chris Carson, right? I was like, I was flirting with like, I was hoping for between 15, like about 15 points, right? He's at like 8.2, which is obviously below 10, which obviously lands him on this list, but Mike Davis, I will, uh, you look at the matchup and you go, okay, yeah, you like this. Right. And he and just did not take advantage of it. So big, uh, big dud performance, Jake, let's end on the high note here. Okay. We did the duds. Let's talk about the studs. Who's the stud for you this week. Ryan flipping Tannehill 37 points, five touchdowns. And now if you're talking about Chris Carson getting poached from Carlos Hyde, he did Carlos Hyde made a hell of a run. Tannehill poached two from Derrick Henry owners, which was even <laughs> better because I was playing one of them. Uh, 37 points, five touchdowns. The dude continues to play at a monster level in this offense. If Arthur Smith gets a head coaching job, I hope it's not catastrophic to Ryan Tannehill's production and whoever takes over. I hope they do it from within and they kind of call us a very similar scheme and offense because he has been phenomenal for two years now in this offense. Yeah, there's, but there's Arthur, figure- that. I- Go ahead, James. No, no, I was just saying there's a bigger picture story there at some point because I can't remember a quarterback that has that was pretty much considered a bottom tier starter, suffers a major injury, goes to a new team, and becomes as efficient and effective as he has been. Like I'm sure no, there are other you saw examples. The flashes, but, but you never saw the consistency, right? Or the no. efficiency is what you said he couldn't do again this year that I already yeah. he could, but I understand why you made that argument. You'd never seen it. It was like a flash in the pan, 11 games or eight, nine games, whatever it was. He's done it again. He has been spectacular, but it was a monster day today. Yeah, it's a really looking forward to next week's Sunday night football matchup between the Green Bay Packers oh, and the man. Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to, to Ryan Tannehill v. Aaron Rodgers, right? And and especially considering all the MVP conversation and everything that's been surrounding kind of- There are some up ridiculous in- games next week. Oh like, yeah. It's, it's ridiculously good games. We're, we're so lucky like to, to have football this year in general, but the AFC and the NFC being this wide open with so many teams with postseason on the line, all the way down to the end is, is amazing. Jamie, your Doug or your stud performance of the week. Uh, it is the guy that many of you put in your lineup about an hour before game time. That's Tony Pollard. Uh, what a monster performance from him. 31.2 fantasy points, caught the ball well out of the backfield, ran effectively. Uh, I don't know how you have this conversation without saying what's been Zeke's problem. That line wasn't any better. Nothing about this Dallas Cowboys team was any better than it's been the last few weeks. What's been Zeke's problem. Tony Pollard looks spry, effective, energetic, had a ton of success and further complicates the, f- the future evaluation of Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy. And, and for the, the Cowboys. And, and to that point, I already saw Bleach Report put it out right after we talked about it. What's it going to take? How are they going to get a deal done to move on from Ezekiel Elliott this offseason? I think and the Cowboys move on for whatever somebody offers. If somebody give them a two, they got to jump on that. 
that's what was uh that was the contract it was actually to the new york jets chris so you have that to look forward to (laughs) don't pay running backs that kind of money and then sidebar number two don't trade for big time running back contracts it's almost just like got the rid first of one, one didn't yeah, work out. Just, yeah. It's too easy. Yeah. yeah. It, hmm. Bell comma Le'Veon. <laughs> All right. My, my, my Speaking stud potentially performance future of starting week. running backs. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, my stud performance of the week uh, in the tight end position that has been just disastrous for most of the year is Logan Thomas outscored Travis Kelsey this week, guys, 13 receptions in this game, a phenomenal, he has been, I have, I have been so happy that I picked him up and played him through down the stretch was definitely concerned as we talked about with Dwayne Haskins playing, but man, oh man, 13 receptions. He was the guy that Dwayne was looking for a lot and ends up as tight end two right behind Darren Waller this week. So hell of a performance hell of a performance from Logan Thomas. And I'm, uh, you have to feel comfortable, obviously, next week in your championship playing him, no matter who the quarterback is, right? There's, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're playing him, no questions asked. Targets, man. We said, we said the other day, Jamie and I both loved him for their freaking targets. And then Jamie's like, he had just as many with Dwayne Askins as he was having so much success, uh, success with Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah, 15, 15 targets. Today. Yeah. <laughs> 15 targets, 13 receptions. Insane day for him. All right, guys, this is now the time for you to admit what you got wrong, and then we'll end with what you got right. So, Jamie, I'm going to make you go first. What did you let's, get wrong this week? Uh, let's let's stick with Washington and targets, and it's my, me not having faith in my boy J.D. McKissick to have a big game. I uh, got 10 targets in this game, caught nine of them for 56 and a touchdown, led them with 51 rushing yards, finished as an RB1. I, I, I did not believe that Haskins was going to use him as often as Alex Smith and Kyle Allen were, but he absolutely did. Uh, what a performance from him. And it's gonna be interesting to see because I don't know if Gibson's going to be back next week. I mean, that was a bad turf toe. That can be a three or four week injury. We're now through two games. We'll kind of see this, this offense. If I think uh, the overall picture here is like this offense, when Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson's healthy paired with that defense is going to be a real challenge for whoever finishes the five C in the NFC, because getting that player back allows McKissick to run back into that role that he was playing as a more complimentary piece and using him and Gibson in the backfield at the same time opened up so much. So, uh, but I got to admit, I was wrong this week. He's been a guy I've been riding for most of the year. Been talking about both my props articles and as as a solid PPR. You shocked player. the crap out of me when you jumped off the train the other day. Brother. He's, he, like, no, I was he, blown away with that one. He's out. He's out, guys. Jamie out. Off the train. He's he's been kicked out. I'm Thank sorry. You, you over him, have by to the ask way. for that one, brother. You just threw that one out there. You, I love it. You no, ride I, with I'll your. Admit it. As the as the hype train, you him, ride though? with your guy Chris. until the end. You're the producer, Chris. Who did I pick over? Who was the? I don't remember. Gallman. Gallman. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Well, I questioned you, but I I, hmm. I agreed. Not so much. I almost put Gallman in my duds uh, this week. I was going to put all three of those yeah, guys, yeah, and Gallman ended up worse than those. That, well, apparently, Freddie Kitchens likes Alfred Morris more than Gallman. Yeah. By the way, that article looks pretty good. Yeah, it sure sure does look pretty good. All right, what did you get wrong this week, Jake? The Niners. What the? (laughs) The Cowboys? Do you have two dud running backs? Because neither one of them, most or Wilson, did anything because you sucked. You were awful. Your defense and your defensive coordinator that everybody wants to give a head coaching job again to in two years of being a defensive coordinator – Gave up, what, 41 points? I know it wasn't all because they had an awesome onside kick that went for a touchdown. 34 points? Completely got that one wrong. I thought they would run it down their freaking throats. They did nothing. 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 Yeah, yeah it was um for the, the two boy wonders, right? We got Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Not a, not a good week for the boy wonders. And I, I'm usually, I'm, I'm team Kyle. This was not I'm as, team this both. Was, I love have, them both. You know that I'm damn sure team. Yeah, Kyle. This, That's part of what made me get this wrong. Cause I love it. Yeah, I thought he'd this, scheme it up and they'd kill mm-mm, him run the ball. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. it was not a and good Nick week. Mullins it was not no a good week. Thing. It was nice. It was thanks for playing, but you need a real quarterback as Did much guys, as Kyle yes, can I do that. To bring this up. Most <laughs> passing yards in NFL history through their first 14 starts. Nick Mullins was fifth. Oh, Fifth in NFL history. I know that's it, that's gonna be a wild one. <laughs> no, don't. 
The only hype train, train Chris... crashing into a river for that one, yeah. dude. That's not the hype train. That's like the anti. The train just blew up. Chris, I found you a trade partner. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said yeah, it. Let's... I said in what week five. And by the way, if they trade up to two, it's not going to be for Fields. No, it's not. We we know we know who we know who it's going to be for, and that's good. Good lord, the excitement level for Kyle with his own quarterback for me is at a very very high level since we've never seen him actually with with a guy that he drafted. Right, so excited to to uh, potentially see way. that. I want Sam Darnold with Kyle. Oh, me too. I, I just yeah, I like that one too. I like that one too. All right, Jamie, what did you get right this week? So we already got a little bit of ASU flavor with all these Herm Edwards quotes. I'm going to throw the forks up yet again here for a guy that's having an under-the-radar rookie season, especially in these last one, two, three, four, five, six weeks now that needs to get more attention. That's Brandon Ayuk. Let me read you his stat lines since October 25th. Six for 115, eight for 91 in a touchdown, seven for 75 in a touchdown, five for 95 in a touchdown, 10 for 119, and then today nine for 73 in a touchdown. It's not exactly getting great quarterback play either. And there isn't exactly for the most of that run there, a number two wide receiver or a top tight end to take attention away from him. Yet Brendan, Ayuk continues to produce every single week. I have him as an, as a low end wide receiver one next week. I've been all in on him. Uh, He is playing phenomenally right now. and needs to get more fantasy love. There you go, Chris. Chris, you really see somebody this is mute, what happened. Somebody mute the hype train. I love my boy <laughs> and that sound more than anything, but it's getting ridiculous. By the way, that's my bounce back team next year. Sam Darnold under center. They get healthy. Dude, and Brandon Ayuk with Debo Samuel, both healthy with Kittle healthy. That's like the three best run after the catch dudes in the league with a whole stable of freaking running backs. Yeah, with that defense healthy. With that offensive also, line. And that defense team, yeah. I, no, in another draft. Yeah. There ain't no telling what our boy Lynch is going to do. That's my bounce back team next year. They get healthy. They're going to be ridiculous and hard to deal with. Get healthy, figure out QB situation, draft a corner. They'll be in a great spot. Yep, absolutely. All right, Jake, what'd you get right? The Cardinals-Eagles over in a fun, fun game. Jalen Hurts, much better than I thought he would be. That dude will battle you till the end. He just finds ways to make plays. Cardinals defense, I don't know what in the hell they're doing half the time. It's one of the reasons I love the over in this game, but it goes way over. And this was fun until the last minute. Kyler Murray goes over 400 yards, and I might probably give him a B minus for the game. Like, it, yeah, I didn't know what he was doing half the second half, but he made freaking plays. The touchdown to Hopkins to take the lead was ridiculous. DeAndre Hopkins at times can just make the game look different than everybody else. But that was fun. I thought that game was going to be high scoring and a hell of a lot of fun. It ends up pushing. Jamie and I were both on like, I don't really like this line. They don't deserve to be seven point favorites. It's just kind of the game way the game went. But man, it flew. It went way past the over and it was a lot of fun. Hey, look, they would have covered if it wasn't. If Zach Ertz didn't have to pretend to be a, a holder on an extra yeah. point. Exactly. Yeah. Horrible snap. Uh, yeah. How do you, you put the backup yeah. holder in and you get a bad snap? The freaking snapper was fine. He's the normal guy. As I say, so you've got you've got a Zachert's holder and like the Jaguars played without a punter. Like what 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 a day. Special yeah, teams this, matters, kids. Uh, yeah, it does. Yes, 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 it does. All right, guys, let's end the pod here with a Monday night football preview. The Steelers going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Steelers are a 14-point favorite right now at betonline.ag. So if you're interested in taking that big line, that is where it is as of right now. Obviously, Cincinnati not really good at this stage of the year without their quarterback. And listen, the Steelers have been meh, and that is putting it nicely. Okay, So I would love to see a big bounce back slash like start to show us something again, get their mojo back a little bit, get a little get right game here. Are we going to get that? What are we going to get from this team? Cause I got a lot of question marks about them. Jake, what's going to happen here. I think they cover that. I got a 28 13, but I don't think it's world beating and given any answer to anybody, any questions. I said the other day, like Randy Fickner, the offense coordinator is taking all kinds of heat. Randy's been there for 14 years. He was a receiver coach, became the quarterback coach. Now the coordinator, he knows Ben more than they, has anybody realized this is all they're capable of right now? They're getting such better quarterback play than they got a year ago. But as this season's gone on, Ben has looked older and more tired and less arm 
talented. Still a really good player. He knows where to go with the ball. They get it out so fast. He's taking, not taking any sacks because they don't have a choice. Can't go under center. Last in the league in play action. I don't know that this offense with all these receivers, who I think I'll have pretty big nights, can really light anybody on fire at this point. This defense has a ton of injuries. I think the Bengals probably creep around long enough to make it just kind of a black kind of, yeah, but I still think they cover 14. Yeah. Look, Amy? There, there's meh. And then there's Ryan Finley. Uh, it's just, it, this, this guy's averaging like 10.1 points per game as a starter. Like it's just, it's not there. They don't have the pieces. They're, I don't even know who's going to play, whether it's Gio Bernard or Trayvon Rams, Williams. I, I know, but the jets have way more playmakers than the same. This Bengals team has right now. Absolutely. Like, like honestly, if, if we, if we just, if we went pure talent, just pure talent. I think Cincinnati, right. With the roster they're putting out there might be the worst team in football. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Even so, with like, the guys they have on offense, but you got to get somebody to get on the ball. We said yeah. a couple weeks ago, when Darnold got back healthy, Perriman came back healthy, Barrios had been playing well, Crowder was healthy, and Denzel Mims was becoming a thing. That offense wasn't that bad with no, Herndon, mm-hmm. like, and they showed up. Yeah, they that should, offense is way better than what Cincinnati's going to put out there tomorrow night. Yes, banged up offensive line. You're down to your third string quarterback that's not good. You're you're trying to figure out the running back situation. Yeah, you have some, some nice receivers. That's great. Nobody can give him the ball. So uh, Pittsburgh, this, they should be able to roll in this game. I don't think they're going to answer our questions because unless they, they w- I don't care if they win this game 79 to nothing. We're still going to have, it's the Bengals. We're still going to have plenty of concerns about what the Steelers are going to do going forward. But uh, I looked up this up because we did a bit on this a while back when it came to the Steelers. But since they drafted Ben Roethlisberger, their record against the Bengals is 28 and seven. 28 and seven against this team. Again, and then against the Browns, 27-3-1. So that Ben owns Ohio phrase Yeesh. that has been brought up for many years, Yeesh. I don't think even does justice to what those two records indicate. By the Let's, way, that's when Marvin Lewis was there and the Bengals were going to the playoffs every year. Yes. In those early years, the Bengals. Yeah, with Andy Dalton. And yeah. he still owned them. Yep. So it's, it's – I can't see the Bengals keeping this too close. I mean, it's just whether, whether or not Pittsburgh just wants to blow by them or not. Uh, I just, I just, I, look, you're going to get 13 points from Cincinnati probably. So it's just how many points you're going to get from Pittsburgh. I'm going to take them to win and cover here. Uh, but it's just, it's, uh, look, we're not going to get any of our big questions answered in this game, but they can at least take a step ask. forward. Just take a no, step forward. I think forward. there's still going to be a bad pick. There's probably still yeah. going to be two or three drops. There's going to be some miscommunication. There's going to be the ball comes what out if, too fast and goes to the wrong guy. So what if there isn't, right? Like, is there a scenario that plays out here? If they win 40 to seven, and they just and every not if they're in the shotgun all night. It's the and, same stuff. I got to see Ben okay. go under center, and they got to – You know, here you can fix this problem. By the way, I will criticize them a little bit because it's I know it's in the playbook because I know who created the playbook. Put the running back in the pistol. Ben doesn't yes. have to be under center to still be able to run the ball effectively out of the pistol like you've done when he had when he had the ankle injury and the broken foot. I think they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand eight and won it. Maybe it's ten. And he had the broken foot. They had to go to the pistol for a while. You can still play action out of the pistol. You can still run the ball almost like you're under center out of the pistol. Give me some of that. I got to see them do something different, even if they win 40 to 7. If it's the same thing, the ball's coming out real fast. They got they got guy, they got really good players. Get them in space and they go score. I don't need to see that because that's not going to tell me anything different. I got to see some nuance to this offense, something new, change things up a little bit. One of two things is going to happen for me in this game. Either I'm going to leave feeling neutral or I'm going to leave feeling more concerned. There is no positive here. I don't care what they do. Their test, Indianapolis and Cleveland end the year. We will get a better picture of what team is walking into the postseason based on those games. They could win 147 to 7 in this game. I don't care. There's nothing that's going to prove. The only thing they can do in this game is raise more concerns. Well said. That's why I asked the question because I I wanted to know, like, are you, is there any scenario that plays out here? And the answer is no. So, but they have two, as you said, two marquee big time matchups coming up that is going to answer, I think, a lot of questions about what this team, who this team is and, and what it's going to look like moving forward. All right, final thoughts here. Guys, we've reached the end of the podcast. Jake, you first, final thoughts. Hi, Train. I'm going to have to get you the music for this sometime, but play the UAB fight song, baby. We went conference champs. Three straight conference championship appearances, second conference championship title, two out of three years for the UAB Blazers and Conference USA, playing in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Kind of got shafted on the old bowl game, but shout out to my Blazers. Bill Clark, look, you guys don't know the background. You guys do. 
this freaking program was shut down. Like we're taking football. It's gone. We saved the program. Bill Clark stays and has been to four straight. This will be four straight bowls, four straight winning seasons. When they had one in 20 years before that, the dude is a hell of a coach. He's done an unbelievable job. I hope Auburn doesn't steal him. Uh, that would be a good hire for them. And he wants to stay in the state. But I just had to get a shout out to my boys. This weekend started one of the best football weekends, by the way, we're talking about pre-show that I can remember. Started with my boys winning at Marshall on Friday night. So shout out Byron Leftwich. Go herd. UAB whooped that ass. <laughs> and by the way, the football weekend continues tomorrow because just in because space and time don't mean anything this year. There's a bowl game tomorrow. Yeah. As a reminder. <laughs> the, it, awesome. it's, it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, North Texas and Appalachian State. Um, did the North Texas wide receiver opt out? Because I really wanted to see him if he was playing this game. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I, he might have. I'm but, not sure, but Chris is going to look it up for us. Regardless, uh, I believe it is a 2.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. So you can Let's watch go. it during work. Uh, the, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, North way. Texas and Appalachian State. Um, did you look that up, Chris? But either way, it's been it's been a great football season, and I think I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up because I know we touched on it at the top of the show, uh, and nothing brings me more joy aside from Chris suffering than Boston sports fans suffering. But we do. I think we have to take a step back with a small a small step. A breath, like breathe this in, Patriots fans. For those of you that are reasonable, for the jerks that are just like you know, what's about it, you know, whatever, you, you know, piss off. But what a run that we're coming off of for the Patriots. We, we have talked all year about the parody that is in the NFL right now. I wrote a whole article about home field advantage, how it basically doesn't exist this season. It's not because uh, in my, my hypothesis, it's not because there's no fans. This has been a trend we've now seen for two seasons and they're very similar. So I don't think it's just because there's no fans in the stands, but that's because of parody. And we have seen some of the top dynasties of the league that have been dominating for the better parts of five, 10 years start to come back down to earth and some teams coming up, but the run, the Patriots just went on. I know you, the term unprecedented gets thrown around a lot, but in this era with salary cap, with all of these great players, with all, with all the player movement, with coaching movement, I don't think we're ever going to see a run like this ever again. And they're going to miss the playoffs this year. And if you remember, uh, and I know you guys remember up at the old fan reg offices, we had, we had a big Boston sports fan named Alex Molikoff, who would literally at the beginning of the year, always take off the day of the AFC championship game, because he knew there was like a 75% chance that he could do it six months in advance. And they would be there because they're going to, they're going to win the division. They're going to have a home buy because their division was terrible. They would beat whatever team got through from wildcard weekend and they would have a, and their real season started in the conference championship game against whatever the other good team in the AFC was, whether it's Pittsburgh or Kansas city or Indianapolis for many years, whatever it might be, or Baltimore. Uh, what a run it's over now. Uh, it looks like it's going to be over for a little bit, but just, it was a, a hell of an accomplishment. I think we have to at least acknowledge as much as I'm, I'm happy. They're not going to be in the playoffs. And I think a lot of that fan base has gotten really spoiled as seen this entire off season. Uh, it is truly remarkable the run they just went on. And that needs to be appreciated in hindsight now that is finally mercifully over. The greatest in all of sports and the history of the world that we'll never see again. Nine Super Bowl appearances in 20 years, you won six. That is insane. I just hate the only other great dynasty close. That was Bill Russell, who also was in freaking Boston at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked stupid. Wicked stupid is correct. I'm going to take the opposite approach on this and be the pettiest <laughs> person on this podcast. I am absolutely so thrilled that I do not have to watch the stupid New England Patriots in the postseason. I don't even have to watch you on wild card weekend because you didn't earn a spot because I had to here all off season about how you're going to take Cam Newton, who literally can't throw, and turn him into Super Bowl Cam again. Guess what? It's over. It's a wrap. It's done. I'm so thrilled that this is over. I wish I had some closing time to play right now so we could all literally just sit around and have kumbaya that we don't have to deal with this any longer. And yes, it's incredible what they were able to do. But guess what? For everybody else, it sucked. Nobody else was enjoying watching this shit for the last 20 years. Thank God it's over. And if there was ever a fan base that did not deserve it, dear God, it is Boston. I hope they spend 20 years in complete misery because that is what is deserved now. You had your time. If there was ever 
a, a, a showcase of how freaking spoiled you were, it's exactly what Jamie just said. Yes, you literally took off work for the AFC championship game at the beginning of the NFL season. That is how spoiled you were. You deserve some misery. Enjoy the offseason. And please head over to thedraftnetwork.com backslash mock draft and have some fun because that is what you have to look forward to. Keep mocking yourself. Confident. Before you do that, Tom Brady's in the playoffs. You can go root for the Bucks. That's all right. Just in case you're just in case you were wondering. Patriots fans, really looking forward to tap dancing on you for the rest of this postseason. Because guess what? It's been a long time. We've all had to watch you for so long. Yes, Chris. Uh, I want to get my final thoughts, and I want to answer Jamie's question. Uh, Jalen, did you Darden, get closing time? Did you get closing no, I time? Because it the, really. The, listen, Paige. I don't know if you know this, but the internet's kind of freaking out right now with some DMCA stuff. I don't want to get into the logistics, but if you use other people's songs, like people are coming after you right now. We'll have to talk about this in a meeting sometime, but it's not good right now on the internet. Uh, Jalen Darden is the receiver that you were referencing, yes. Jamie. He has opted out, not playing in the bowl game. Bummer. Bummer. And my final thoughts before I hand it over to you, Paige. Does anybody know where I can see some Trey Lance film asking for a friend? You better uh, sign a veteran first because he ain't playing next year. And uh, you damn sure I don't want to take him at two. I, I think the league is also asking for some Trey Lance film because we've got like seven games of it. Raw is a being nice term. It's going to be a while. Chris, Chris I don't think he goes every, in the top 20. So if you want to listen to me and trade back and take him and get a veteran, you can sit for a year, maybe two, and then be ready to roll. Detroit, Washington makes sense. I think those would be a great landing spot where he can sit, doesn't have to play right away. Um, so again, Detroit's gonna have a new coaching staff. We'll see where they where they go with, with that. But you, they can't. So Stafford, I don't want to get in Stafford's contract. It's gonna be difficult. For, they can, but it's gonna be tough for them to move Stafford this year versus next. They the way is playing next year if he wants to. That contract doable. will not let them. There's yeah. your answer. You can't tell me Matt Stafford's not the best thing that's ever happened to the freaking Jets since Broadway Joe. He got enough Please. left. Give me that oh. one, Jets fans. I'm going to go back to this. The that. greatest thing that ever happened to you today was winning this damn game. You could trade Darnold, trade number two, get Matt Stafford, move on from all these dumbass contracts that you got. You got some freaking players. We just talked about how talented this offense could be. There you go. First While you picks. draft one and let him sit. Or not. Don't. Okay. Run I'm, Matt Stafford in- for four years. You don't have to draft one. I'm interested. This is fun. This is me. See, Chris, see how we, we've come up to the, now. How about now this one? Arthur Smith, Matt Stafford with Arthur Smith. Oh, yes. And that offense yes. with a running game. You just got five more first round picks. Draft some damn offensive line. Hey, yeah. This is all well and good. Where do I sign? I just don't expect it to happen. I'm a Jets <laughs> you just fan. said you had one flickering light of freaking hope on a candle in somebody's window far, far off. I'm giving you fireworks brother the great NFL, where do I sign? you could turn it around where do i sign i'll, I'll get a sharpie <sighs> right now chris you and all jets fans i have your solution you go over to the to draftnetwork.com you click the button that says be the expert you get inside our premium experience and you start playing you with can, the trade features and you start making some trades. You start facilitating some trades and you start figuring out what the hell you can get based off of years of information that we have to try and put By together way, a trade package a that makes sense for you. Boatload is what you can get for the number two pick because somebody wants Penny Sewell a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's exactly right. So, Chris, I think I found your solution. This is actually going to be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, we're, I'm all we here go. for that. Jerry can go get freaking Matt Stafford. You see how Chris, look at what we just did for you. Look at what we just did for you. Great. You give this me is, a quarterback. I'm going to have to pay $47 million a year in Dak Prescott. And five more first round picks. You have all of the cap space. Listen, guys, I don't want to do it. You sound show. like a Bucks fan. I just I am, gave you a freaking franchise quarterback and five I, first rounders and you got to pay him $47 million. Oh my I, God. Okay. Here's a hot take. I don't think Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback. That's how I'll end my, 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 my take on the show. Today. That could be an argument, but he's better than what you got. Actually, he's probably not, but he's better than the guy I'd you want to move on from because you said you don't want Darnold back. Yeah, I'd still take Dak over anybody that wasn't Lawrence in this draft class. 150%. Probably. Yes, probably. 150%. Okay, Chris, we're going to revisit that. So you better cut that audio where you just said that Dak Prescott is not a franchise quarterback. Really want to revisit that. 
at some point this offseason. That's going to be really fun to, to and, and in future conversations. Jake, tell everybody how they can follow you on social media. Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Chris and all Jets fans, make sure to follow. Make sure, you, make sure you're listening. Okay, Chris, tell everybody how they can follow you. At Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. See, and Jamie didn't even cut you off this time. He doesn't time. have the ability cut- to do that here. I'll, uh, yeah, he doesn't have the power. Uh, I do, though, and I thought about it. All right, at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. And please follow the show at TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram as well. And head over to thedraftnetwork.com, as I said, and have fun, Jets fans, because the mock draft machine is still for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.